2: 20 minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packer nation welcome into another episode of the pack a day podcast i of course am one of your hosts matt fralick alongside me the wonderful janelle Mackey. janelle we have playoff football we had playoff football last week and we ended the episode um, last Saturday with Eli and yourself just talking about, man, hopefully you can beat the Dallas Cowboys. It comes 180 degrees, 100, you know, 360 degrees, however your compass works. To beat Mike McCarthy in Dallas, in Jerry World, they're averaging almost 38 points a game. 16 and you know, 16 games in a row, I believe, in Dallas, and they pull it off in incredible fashion. I don't know about you, um, mo- like most people, Janelle, I think everyone's dealing with a little bit of a sickness right now, truly, like just like colds, whatnot, after the holidays. And I watched that first half a little bit under the weather, um, drinking some tea. I did have one adult beverage, and I was like jacked up and in awe and like very enthusiastic. And by halftime, I was so exhausted because there were so many incredible plays. And now we get to do this again this weekend as the Packers head out to Santa Clara to take on the Niners and hopefully again rewrite history with this young this young new wave uh, the, the in the love era Janelle your feelings this week I know you're in enemy territory how are we feeling what are we thinking post Cowboys game and of course looking forward to the Niners seven o'clock Central Standard Time on Saturday what are what are how are the vibes
3: Yeah I mean. I feel like until the game is truly over, there's still some nerves. Like, Packers have almost 50 points, and I'm still, like, very nervous, even though um, it felt like the game was over very early on. Um, It was just a very unexpected game, but in a really good way. Like, I anticipated it to be close. I thought that, you know, the Packers were not going to go down without a fight, but... I did not realize that they were going to completely take over AT&T Stadium. It was so awesome. Aaron Jones has his usual day there. Um, I just, it it was unreal. It was like every time, like I know (laughs) the game actually started, my dad had to come jump my car because I left a light on. So I'm watching the Aaron Jones touchdown while sitting in his truck while we're charging my car. And then it's like we get home and it's just like more chaos. And then the Jair interception, it was just like, the game was so much chaos. While there was chaos going around me, it just like almost didn't feel real. And then it just kept going. They kept doing more. And it was like, holy shit, look at this team go. Look at the potential that they have. And I mean, Dallas has been in Super Bowl conversations, Dak in an MVP conversation. I've seen a couple other of their players in MVP conversations on some people's boards. And it's like, to be able to go out there with the youngest team in the league, one of the youngest teams to ever truly make the playoffs and go do what they did against the Cowboys. You hope that they can then ride that high to San Fran and continue that because I think it helped that they started hot and they stayed hot. And I mean, they played four true quarters of football and we haven't seen that out of this team a whole lot. There's been a lot of growing pains and I was feeling so good after that game I mean we had a late afternoon game and I could not fall asleep I could not get my adrenaline to stop and then the next day I was like oh my gosh I'm still so excited about this game like I didn't fall asleep till maybe like one or two in the morning because I was just thinking about holy cow this team that you know we were talking about where they're gonna draft and you know what they should look for halfway through the season and now all of a sudden they're not only playing in the playoffs but they're winning and advancing to the divisional round it's just in there's just so much to be excited about with this team and i think that you know they still have that underdog mentality um at least you know in the fans world where i don't know what they're thinking apparently you know jair doesn't think about underdogs uh but i think that just knowing that Really, the 49ers have everything to lose right now. They've been in conversations about the Super Bowl all season long. And then you get this team coming in who is getting hot at the right moment. And you just never really know. So I think there's just there's a lot of good happening with this Packers team that I think, you know, if you just kind of look on social media is kind of getting under the 49ers fans skin. Um, There's been a lot of chatter everywhere. You know, rightfully so. You're gonna you're gonna have that with, you know, players and fans and all this stuff. And I think it's, you know, the Packers just kind of have that dog mentality right now where it's like they're just gonna go in and ruin parades. And I love that. And I hope that they can just continue what they did in Dallas to go, you know, exercise some demons in San Fran as well, because we know that, you know, that has not been a very friendly place the way ATT Stadium has. So hopefully a little bit of you know, what happened last week can carry over into this week. I mean, I think there's still a lot of nerves, but I think that it's, we didn't expect to be at this position. And now that we're here, it's really exciting and you don't want it to end. So I think that's where the nerves come from. But I mean, just looking at the season overall, did not expect to be at this point. So it's still it's fun, but now it's like we don't want it to be over, so you need to go keep going out there and, like, kicking more ass and just kind of, you know, shock everybody and do what the Packers do, and we'll see for sure.
2: Definitely. I mean, so much great stuff there, first of all. Shout out Dad dad Mackey. Just holding it down, jumping the car. That's, that's oh, super cool. I mean, <laughs> always holding it down. Shout out to the dads in the world. Uh, number two... I'm going to butcher what you said in the middle and I'll have to go back and listen to it when we're editing this MP3, but something about uh ruining parades. I mean, we need that on a shirt, reach out to homage, Janelle, Dakota Mitchell from campy uh, collective. Like that needs to be on a shirt. There's ruining parades. That is, ruining that is parade. gold. <laughs> that is gold. And back to what you're saying though, like it, the Niners have a lot of pressure on them from, from my interpretation, right? It's the, Hey, we are a loaded roster. We brought in, you know, Chase Young in this off, or in, you know, in the middle of the season. We got Brock Purdy playing like he could be an MVP candidate, Mister Irrelevant, you know. And I think the at, I mean, there's multiple layers to that. We have one of the best offensive players in the in the last decade being Christian McCaffrey. Nick Bosa hasn't even really came to light yet. He hasn't even played like an absolute maniac. I mean, you the list you could go down and down the line of their key players: Trent Williams, George Kittle, etc., etc. But let's not forget, Janelle. Let's call it 365 days ago. They lose three quarterbacks, two quarterbacks, whatever the hell it was in that game, and they had to basically run Wildcat with Christian McCaffrey, and they probably were the best team on that Sunday or Saturday, whenever that game was, albeit if Brock is not Jack up his shoulder, if they don't have to go with these essentially McCaffrey running as quarterback. And I would assume based off of that, they've had so much pressure on themselves internally to say, Hey, we were a really damn good t- football team last year, but to get back to where we were caliber wise, um, competition wise and truly just success into the playoffs it takes a lot of work to get back there we talk about this all the time in the nfl like Getting back to a Super Bowl is so difficult that hangover from losing one is even more of a detriment in a black hole on your team. And going back to back in a Super Bowl is very tough. The Niners didn't make a Super Bowl last year because of that injury, but they're almost getting back to that same spot they were. And if a couple plays go their way and they don't get injured, they are probably potentially a Super Bowl champion, or at least in representing the NFC. Now they've done that. They've sat out this last week right on the bye. Does that hurt them? We've seen that over and over. It, from my perspective, at least for the Packers, hurt the Packers teams over the last decade. Having that buy, not having a buy, accelerated them to, you know, a, a Super Bowl. I I think there's just so much pressure on the Niners, and it's maybe the fan in me of a Packer saying that, hey, like there is a ton of pressure. But I truly think from the outside, we've seen it. Jordan Love and this, these young guys are so loose. They're playing with house money. Nothing matters. They exceeded expectation. In October, we were talking about top 10 picks. Now we're talking about, I mean, traveling possibly down to Tampa to you know, make sure Baker doesn't have a, another game of his lifetime or going to Detroit and ruining that you know Cinderella story that is. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's focus on Santa Clara here that I think there's a potential for this team to truly just play loose play aggressive they have guys on either side of the ball that have been doing that from Carrington Valentine to Jair Alexander when he's healthy to uh, Rayshon Gary to whoever on the defense you look on the offense I mean that offensive production that happened last week in Dallas and the game that Matt LaFleur called has to go down in the top couple of his games of the his career because he's calling incredible plays They weren't really running some stuff that previously had worked a la maybe some jet sweeps because they don't want to have the absolute speed demons from that defense chasing down Jaden Reed, chasing down these other weapons on the outside, and they were just scheming guys open, like truly just route trees that are opening guys up, and they're butt naked. I mean, we're talking there's no one within – 15 yards of guys at times, five yards at minimum, and they're it's making simple throws for Jordan Love and they're turning into yak, they're turning into large chunk plays. And I I think that's the path of success again. Now, the big problem I'm seeing would be like I already said, Nick Bosa hasn't gone crazy yet. Can Rasheed Walker still hold it down there? Um loved what we've seen from him in the last two months and change, but can he go up against an absolute all-pro like Nick Bose on the opposite side? Can Chase Young take advantage of some young guys on the opposite side, or how they rotate them through? That'll be waiting to be seen. But if you know they get the pressure on him early, being love, and he has to continue to you know manipulate the pocket, and move outside the pocket, he hasn't been great with that. Getting outside the pocket, and making plays when there's been pressure on him, he can move his feet, he can make some incredible throws off his back foot, like a you know a fadeaway jumper, but We hope he's able to, you know, have some time in that pocket, not get frustrated, have these young guys have an opportunity to go. Um, The chips are stacked against them. They don't have damn near any playoff experience uh, when it comes down to it. I mean, you got Kenny Clark, uh, you have, you know, Aaron Jones, you have maybe Darnell Savage or a Devondre Campbell, but truly none of these guys have been in the playoffs before and, or, or played really any significant time. And it's, it's, it's wild, man. It's so fun and I'm so excited for tomorrow or today whenever you listen to this episode like the anxiety that is going to you know be dampened a little bit by the early window game. Um, that'll be great. Uh, Baltimore and Houston, but truly like whatever happens tomorrow is icing on the cake. Of course we want to win. Of course we want to go all the way to Vegas, but it's it's each play, each drive, each quarter at this point, mm-hmm. each game. And getting stops causing havoc, possibly for a Brock Purdy, would be great. But getting out early, like they did against Dallas, I think is. I mean, without that, I think they're screwed. I don't think you can battle back versus a Niners team with their ears pinned back or battle back when you're down two scores and Christian McCaffrey's getting the ball and end up getting, you know, a few touches and gashing you for 150 and 200 yards. Um, as we've seen Niners running backs do versus the Packers in the playoffs. So,
3: Yeah, you you don't want to have to play from behind against a team that is as dominant as the 49ers. They are a very complete team. Um, And even in the spots that they're weak, their coach knows how to make them strong. So you definitely want to be able to stay with them, try and get ahead of them. Just, yeah, I fear what happens if they have to try and play the comeback game against a team that, is so dominant because we know, like you had mentioned, not only just the curse of the running back in the playoffs, but just we've seen it even in this season, you know, playing against um, Robinson early in Atlanta and just like that game is haunting and just kind of the Packers seem to kind of have that like inability to stop the really good running backs. And I'm really hoping that, you know, this young defense is able to, Find a way, but at the same time, McCaffrey is a phenomenal player. This offense just has really good weapons. So it's a matter of they're going to score, which means you need to score. Um, Not that I don't trust the defense, but I just know that this is a very dominant team who has embarrassed a lot of teams this season. And you don't want to be on that list. So, needing to play up to their level and over their level. Is going to be huge. So hopefully, the Packers can come out and match their game and just play it, just play the way that they did in Dallas and, you know, against the Chiefs. And like they've played, they've put together some really phenomenal games. So I think that's just a testament to the ability of this team. And I don't think we've seen their ceiling yet, but they are climbing, they're getting hot. Um, it's just a matter of needing to be that at the start of this game and all the way through.
2: Yeah, it has to be a fast start. It has to be like a Lions Thanksgiving game. It has to be a Cowboys game. It has to be fill in the blank of other games. I mean, they've had comebacks this year, one being versus the, the Saints, obviously, in week three. But that game went completely sideways. Derek Carr gets out. Jameis Winston comes in. They come back from, what, down 18? And Jordan Love is just slinging the ball. And they are like, holy cow, we might have a guy here. So it, it, it truly cannot be a comeback game. I don't feel like it could be. Then you get the Niners Fans on your side, and it's not good. And, you know, opinions and emotions, Janelle, and feelings are great from our perspective. But let's get some stats here real quickly just about what the Niners rushing looks like. They are third in the league in rushing first down. So they've ran the ball for a first down. They're third behind the Bills and the Eagles. Another stat to look at, they are third in the league in rushing total yards. They are also fourth in the league in rushes per carry, uh, or yards per at 4.9 yards, and they also, to round this one out, are second in the league in rushing percentage for first down. So the amount of first downs they're getting on the ground is about 30%, um, and they're actually pretty darn low when it comes to – they've had like 499 attempts. I think that's second or third in the league. I might be wrong on that one but they're in the, like the bottom 3 for turnover or for fumbles. So like even their that volume would tell you hey, they're probably putting the ball on the ground a ton. Um but they're not. And actually I, let me correct myself. They're in the top 10 for attempts. So just under 500 at 499. I don't really want to go into anything passing or really, because I think Brock Purdy is the beneficiary of really really good offensive scheming and that's absolutely, you know, fine. Good for him. Um but percentage Completion percentage-wise, you have to give him his props at 68%. Um, That's third best in the league behind um, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and Tua and the Dolphins. No longer in the playoffs, both of those, Janelle. So we'll let that nugget sit. And let's get into the injury report, Janelle. This week slightly different, similar to last week, where it was like, hey, we got an injury report, but let's see what it looks like now coming into Saturday. So the final injury report came out. On Thursday night, actually a little bit later in the day, by Wes Hodquitz. I see an NFL or on, on Packers.com around five o'clock central time, so a little bit, um, not typical for how we've seen them in the past. But let's fly through these quickly. So, a bunch of guys, Janelle, you and I were looking at this limited all week, LPLPLP from guys like Aaron Jones, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, Jaden Reed, Darnell Savage, uh, Christian Watson, important to note, Ray Gary, a lot of guys, but the designations we have. We have five. Out is Kinsley and Abari. We saw and heard after the game he tore his knee. You and I both, Janelle. Um, when did that happen? Not sure. He's hurt. He's out for the season. Hopefully he can come back for September. We'll see. A la, uh, you know, thrust it in is Brenton Cox Jr., the darling that was from July, the undrafted rookie who had some things in college but truly was an absolute monster, I think, physically. And we'll see if he can contribute, if at all, beyond the field. Defensive side of the ball, after Inman Jair is questionable with a shoulder and an ankle. He was very limited all week. That was on Tuesday and didn't practice the rest of the week. I think we're giving him probably the benefit of the doubt when it comes to a veteran rest, not named a veteran rest. The next one would be Isaiah McDuffie, who has that neck. And DNP on Wednesday, but then limited, limited all week. He is questionable as well. McDuffie's came on really, really strong the last two months. Quay's been banged up, but truly Devondre Campbell also had his own neck injury. And Isaiah McDuffie was able to fill in. And very, very impressed with McDuffie's done, who has truly been a special teamer. Janelle, before I get to the one offensive one, we got Daniel Wheelan popping up on the sickness. I talked about that illness. It's going around. It's crappy weather out in Wisconsin throughout the rest of the darn country almost. It snowed in Dallas after the game. Been somebody looking down on them. But Daniel Wheelan illness, not listed on Wednesday or Thursday, limited on Friday. He's questionable. Hopefully that does not impact his punts if he even has any. The goal um, is
3: to not punt. So hopefully the he goal can is not rest. To punt. rest. Hopefully he can yes, rest. <laughs> but he would yeah, love that. that. Um, I don't know what you do. that situation if you just get Carlson out there to help out yeah it's a a really unfortunate thing when some like you have basically a single position no backups really um so hopefully you know he's been punching really well so you hope that he feels better and is good to go in case we need him hopefully we don't but um Mm -hmm. I think yeah just important for him to to rest for sure because we want him to have that iron leg if we need it
2: Yeah, and even thinking like all year, Janelle, I don't think we've had once Carlson or Whelan on this list for an injury or a status, which justifiably so. We might have had... Matt Orzik on there for something at one point. But nonetheless, yeah, hopefully he doesn't have to punt at all. That would be great. Um, I do know from traveling and being on a plane, traveling when you're sick sucks. Um, hopefully he's able to rest when he gets to Santa Clara and kind of just hang out. I know they did take off from Austin Strabo Airport around, I want to say it was like 3.30 today. Um, fans were there to greet them as they left or you know, send them off. It wouldn't be greeting. But um, hopefully he's able to get there and kind of get some rest and get acclimated and maybe some of that warmer uh, Cali weather, I assume it's warmer than Wisconsin right now, It will help him out. And then the final one, one we've been tracking for the last couple uh, weeks, Janelle, would be uh, A.J. Dillon with his uh, his, knock, his neck and his thumb. Um, I don't believe it was a neck previously. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was an ankle at one point or a knee. But nonetheless, he's still nagging with that thumb because you we know, broke it. DNP Wednesday, DNP Thursday, limited. He is questionable. Not really sure what A.J. Dillon brings to the table at this point. Three, four yards of carry at most. I haven't seen him bust, I don't think, for a first down all year. And if he has, it's probably been 10, 10 and yards, but still a nice guy to have in there after Aaron Jones finishes his family reunion, if you will, in Dallas this last weekend. That's what it's gonna be now. I, I had that written down as a note when you're going, Janelle. We know that Aaron Rodgers has you know a full, you know, lifetime lease ownership of Soldier Field and probably their new stadium whenever that comes about. We don't know where Jordan Love's property is in town yet. I don't really know where he lives in Green Bay, but we definitely know that Aaron Jones will get the whole squad coming down from El Paso, the Jones family, 25 strong, et cetera, get a bunch of tickets. And it is a family reunion down in Jerry World, and we love that for him. So uh, hopefully A.J. Dillon can compliment Aaron Jones after 33's incredible game last week. Getting over the Niner side of the ball, Janelle, really they're in a pretty damn good spot. And the Packers are too. I mean, really, where we've been a month ago, um, horrible injury report, and it's long, but it should be long. It's it's January. They've been they've been running into each other since June or July, right? I mean, with mm-hmm. inner squad practice with the Patriots till now, it should be banged up. So we got. Cleland it's getting Farrell.
3: out, and usually there's more and- injuries when the weather drops. So hopefully, uh, hopefully going to San Francisco, their bodies feel a little bit better in that warmer temp. But I don't know. I this is also a team that does really well in the cold, so we'll see. <laughs>
2: True. And like today in Green Bay it was like 16 degrees and I was walking on the sun was out and there's snow was kind of melting because of the sun. I'm like, dang, it kind of feels nice out. So I wonder if they get there. And if it is colder for California weather or January in California, I'm sure it's a little bit invigorating to get out there and enjoy that, get that vitamin D, because that is a, a fact. Like our bodies right. need it. We lack yeah. it. it.
3: Hardly to see the can... sun this time of year. <laughs>
2: exactly uh but Clellan Farrell is a gentleman that is out he is a DNP with a knee i believe that was a former first round pick if i'm not mistaken um unless i'm confusing the Farrell but former first round pick of the raiders back in the day uh fourth overall i believe that was uh mike mayak and john grudens infamous first pick that, oh. you know, that was when they put they put the they put the flag in the stand and said This is our guy. And many people said you probably could have got him at pick 20 if you traded back. So he's been on their roster for this year, but he's out. Kind of a rotational piece. We'd probably quantify him to a maybe an Inigbari, maybe you know, a, a veteran third, fourth string running or fourth, third, fourth string rusher that the Packers would have. But he's out for the game. On the defensive side, uh Dre Greenlaw probably gets overshadowed quite a bit when. Um, Fred Warner's being a maniac, but you know, Greenlaw pretty solid. He's dealing with an Achilles, he's DNP limited, limited, questionable. Now, with the Achilles, I need to do some research here because I want to say that it wasn't a um like a like an Aaron Rodgers injury, right? He hasn't mm-hmm. been out for a significant amount of time. I'm assuming he's gonna be good to go if he participated full on Thursday. Um, if he can't go, Oren Burks would take his spot interesting enough so that's what they have for the defense offense with status danny gray shoulder full participant full participant not listed and he has no status like literally it says na which i don't know how many times we've had that this year but i I guess that's where he's at now they didn't activate him ahead of the deadline janelle We've talked about the deadline, right? The mm-hmm. IR deadline coming he's off. Very deadline we, we're window. very
3: familiar with the and deadline and the window. We're very familiar with the deadline. Yes.
2: And he landed on IR back in August with a shoulder. And the 17th is the last day to activate him back. So he's not back. Now he reverted the reserve injury list. So hence why the NA comes about. I want to say um, he's like a second-year player, yada, yada, yada. Didn't really do much last year for them. And just getting a little bit more into the weeds here, no no one, like, really significant. Uh, I mean, George Kittle's on here, Eric Armstead, uh, Christian McCaffrey, but they've all been in a capacity where it's full, 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 limited, full, full. So they're in a great spot. Um, And I truly, off the top of my head, Janelle, I don't think they have any, like, significant injuries that happened um, this year. You know, generally, the one that I always refer back to will be, like, a George Kittle. Oh, George Kittle out six weeks. Oh, George Kittle out three weeks with some significant injury just because he's a damn maniac the way he plays football. But, like, Drake Jackson, I guess you could say, won. Um, That's really it. Uh, uh, ooh, off-brand Troy Palomalu, uh Hafanga, he is on IR, so that's big. And then Jason Verrett, I remember back in August, he did, he did get banged up, and Jason Verrett consistently on the IR spot, but a, a darn good player for the Niners when he's healthy. Uh, George Odom, but these are all IR guys that they've kind of been not having for a few weeks or a few months. So that's the injury report. Do you know, The Vegas, once again, not thinking the Packers can win on the road, and that is fine. I think that is fair. Some could say the Niners might even be a better team than the Cowboys. I don't really know where I would fall on that. Where the game is played probably would impact that. Playoff Dak Prescott may be different than playoff Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan versus playoff Mike McCarthy. But the Packers currently, excuse me, the Niners currently favored by 9.5 points with a total of 50 and a half. So if you do the math quick, I used to do this with Brendan uh, Dierzynski try to do on the fly here, Janelle. I want to say a total score we would be around it would be like 20 be like 29 to 20 is one of our like it'd be like 30 to 21 is basically what Vegas is th- thinking. So um, Packers to score, three scores, Niners to get about 30. I would say the Niners could get 30 points if this run defense doesn't tighten up. And that's honestly the last thing I want to say. And we've flirted around with it. If they can't stop the run, they should just turn the plane around. They should land in San Fran, enjoy some weather, maybe enjoy uh, whatever you do in San Francisco. I'm not really sure at this point, maybe some rice a and then just come home Like, because there's really no point. If you can't stop the run, they are going to gouge you. And it'll be not just from the likes, Janelle, of Christian McCaffrey. It won't just be him. It'll be Elijah Mc uh or Elijah Mitchell it'll be any other running back they want to put back there because they are a rotational team with that it'll be Kyle Juszczyk getting the ball once in a while it'll be uh Jordan Mason I think he's a second year guy like it it doesn't matter if you can't stop the run it doesn't matter who's under center you could have you know Sam Darnold for god's sakes back there you could put Debo in some wildcat and hand the ball if you can't stop the run the game's over and that's really just how I want to leave it um it doesn't matter if Jordan loves slinging the pill, but because if they're going to keep the defense on the field a ton for the Packers by running ball with the Niners, it's over. So I, I have no score prediction. I really don't. Um, if you're a betting person, I think taking the Packers with the points is a, a damn good situation to be in. Nine and a half seems like a lot. If you're an absolute maniac, and we don't have the maniac of the threesome here today, Janelle, being um, Eli, you would take the Packers. Money line, the Packers money line right now, you bet a hundred bucks, Janelle, this is a betting 101. You take the Packers, you say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to throw a hundred bucks in the game or 50 bucks in the game to get to a point where it would be like, I I don't know, like not profitable, but you would be getting, I believe three and a half X on your points. And I had it right in front of me. Let me scroll backward three and a half points. So they're plus three fifty on this sports book I'm looking at you might get it at a better shot reach out to Eli if you're getting a better one somewhere else or want one but plus 350 for the Packers you bet 100 you win 350 you bet 5 bucks you do what was it $18 whatever the math would be $16 so we're all Packers fans listening to this more than I like and maybe you're a Niners fan coming to the trenches with us we appreciate it but that's where I'm at you know your final thoughts on the road to victory to come back to Lambeau or excuse me to come back to Green Bay after a win and potentially go north south depending who wins between the Bucks and the Lions but truly what is your path to success is it the run game is it Jordan Love still cooking in this confidence what do you think
3: yeah I definitely think that you know, the defense obviously is going to need to make some big stops. Cause like we had discussed a lot, you know, McCaffrey is a huge X factor in this game. Um, and the offense in general, Shanahan knows what to do with Brock Purdy. Like he somehow has gotten Brock Purdy into MVP conversations. Um, so definitely, definitely want to make the stops, but you cannot win games if you don't score. So I, I know like, the defense can play really well, and the 49ers are still going to find a way to score. So the offense needs to get cooking, get hot early on, get some points on the board, more touchdowns, less field goals. You know, don't you don't want to settle for three if you have the chance for seven. So it's definitely going to be, you know, one of those games we might see some questionable, questionable attempts at points. Um, I know we've had those in the past where it's like, should you have kicked the field goal? Should you have gone for it? I feel like this could be a game where there is kind of those discussions happening, but it's just going to be, yeah, you you got to score and you got to score a lot. And that is something that maybe we wouldn't have believed in early on in the season, but I believe that the Packers can do it now. So I know 49ers have a really good defense, but you know, there's been a lot of really good teams with really good defenses and they've found ways. So I think that it's just kind of one of those mentalities where every team is beatable on any given day. You think about, you know, the Vikings beat the 49ers, so why can't the Packers? You know, every team is beatable on any day, and that also goes for the Packers too. No matter how good they're playing, they are still a beatable team. The 49ers are a beatable team. Nobody in the nobody in the league has a perfect record right now, so any team is beatable. You just got to go out there, play your best ball, want it, figure out how you're going to get it. And if things start to go south, figure out ways to turn it around. Don't keep doing the same thing and expecting the same results. That's insanity. That's the definition of insanity. So if things start start not working, I hope that the coaching staff and the players are able to make those in-game adjustments. Um, I feel like this is a game that could definitely use those. We just You, you have no idea what you're going to get going into this because this team is so young that we're not sure what to expect from them every every single game like we maybe could the last few years. Um So yeah, I I have faith in this team to be able to pull it off, but they're going to have to do a lot to get there because I'm, I'm not naive to the fact that the 49ers are a really, really good football team with a lot of talent and they've been Super Bowl favorites all season long. So it's been 49ers, Baltimore Ravens, discussion for the Super Bowl. So, and rightfully so, they've they've worked really hard to earn that respect. And I think that's, what's fun about this team is that they're just kind of going out there and they've really started to develop into, like I said, like a team, you know, they were a bunch of young individuals coming in and they've started to get their flow together and it's been super fun. So I'm going in, I'm, it's kind of like, no matter what happens, I'm proud of the way that they have made it this far and the team that they've become since, we first saw them earlier this season and it gets me excited for for years to come, but it's been so fun watching them go on this ride that I'm not ready for it to be over and to just go out there and beat the 49ers, something that has been so difficult for this organization to do the last few years here in playoffs. I think that, you know, there is an opportunity for them and I hope they're able to, to find a way. Um, if they can't, I hope that they at least do it honorably um losses hurt no matter how bad they are but go out there and prove yourself get you know some respect on your name and I don't know maybe shock some folks out there so I I'm excited it feels weird that it's a Saturday game because it's almost like I'm forgetting that they actually play tomorrow night as we're recording this Friday night it's like I have to get into football mode Um, But I also really like that it's Saturday night because then I have Sunday morning to recover. No matter the outcome, I can kind of have that day to myself to to recuperate. Um, But no, this has been, it's been such a fun season. I don't want to talk like it could be over because I just, that's not my mentality. I'm competitive. I like to win and this team likes to win. So I think they're hungry and I hope that they can go out there and eat.
2: And eat they should. Um. Yeah, I, I always think like end of the year, end of football. I always quantify it back to March Madness basketball. Janelle, that is such a sprint of a season—about twenty-five to thirty games. Then you get to the damn tournament after conference tournament, and it's truly your last ten games is how you're playing. And back in November, I had a family member of mine, my uncle. Um, he used to uh, be a minor league baseball player. He used to pitch and was in the uh, uh, the farm system and pretty competitive person. He asked me, "Who do you think's the?" The best team in the league. As I said, I thought the Eagles were at the time. Um, you know, not just because of the Tush push, but when it comes down to short yards, they're able to make that play. And they had AJ Brown and they had Devonta Smith and they had whomever else out there slinging the ball. You know, obviously Jalen Hurts in that defense. But flash forward and they lost what, six out of the last seven. Baker Mayfield embarrasses them in Philly. And Jason Kelsey, you know, has an emotional last game and he's he's retired and that's how you're playing now and the packers are still climbing they really really are it's it, they haven't even played their best ball yet i mean you could say last week was probably their best ball and i would be if anyone said that i wouldn't argue with them but man if you can put that together like you did last week versus the niners who you know were playing good football you know but are uh, you know a week off and you know kind of coasted into the playoffs which is fine good for them they're able to do that but man if if we can win this damn game, I would be so ecstatic and hundred percent to your point. I am so glad it is a Saturday game um right now Janelle it's about seven o'clock central standard time. I'm exhausted from this week you're hungry we can enjoy our evening and kind of rest and then wake up tomorrow with that adrenaline just pumping through our veins of holy cow we got a game in twelve hours ten hours and
3: and it's I do be think- an- Go ahead. It speaks volumes, too, that I have had Vikings fans congratulate me, and I think they're starting to understand what this team is made of, so why not go out there and let other people know what we're made of? So people are starting to, they're sad to know that the Packers are still good, and it's, yeah. I love it, so yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, and If they break my heart, I'll still love them with my whole heart, but I hope they don't. And yeah, I, I just want to go, I want to have fun tomorrow and watch this team ball out the way that we have been. And it's just like you mentioned, like the season, feels like a sprint. Like I feel like I don't even remember the season happening. It just goes so fast. And all of a sudden it's, we're here in the divisional round and it's like, I don't want to have to wait till September again for meaningful football. Like, it's just, it's crazy how fast the season goes. And it was such a roller coaster when you think about it, that it's like, it's so fun that we're here now and getting amped for a divisional game because there's a lot of people who have, you know, packed up their lockers a long time ago. So I just, yeah, there's a lot of adrenaline, a lot of emotions, but it's, it's so exciting and it's so fun.
2: Yeah. And I have no problem saying this on these airwaves because we are all adults Andy does a, a live stream that's a happy hour but tomorrow I'm gonna be lit like going out <laughs> for the game I am gonna be I don't say obnoxious but responsible like I'm probably going to uber there uber home wherever I'm at and I will tell you where I'm going to be at later if you're in Green Bay there's a spot you absolutely need to be but truly like I might get down there leave my car for the night, I'm not going anywhere other than taking an Uber or getting a ride home from a a designated driver. It's going to be an incredible game. I'm so excited. And then come Sunday, Janelle, wake up with figuring out our NFC Championship plans. Wake up hungover and licking our wounds but still looking back on the season. Whatever it is, win, lose, or draw, it's, it's going to be an absolute party tomorrow. And if you're looking for a party, Janelle, if you are in the Green Bay area or surrounding, we even say all the way down to Appleton if you want to make the trip, out to Denmark, out to Pulaski. The only spot to be in Green Bay tomorrow, generally it's down by the stadium, Janelle, Stadium View, and um, the bar, you know, D2, wherever. There's no game. So those kind of I don't want to say those places are dead, but there's really no reason to be there. You could be in De Pier, you could be on you know, uh, at Bar East. I know, Janelle, you're you're your staple when you come back to, to Green Bay. You could be anywhere you want, but the place you want to be tomorrow, if you're in the Green Bay area. Is no other than Crown and Common. You might say, "What is Crown and Common?" Formerly Standard Company, formerly Top Hat. Uh, new owner for the last couple of years has turned it and expanded it. It used to be a real skinny, narrow martini bar. Now it still has the martini aspect and vibe, but they re-renovated it. It's got some party section for it. And the opposite side is like a uh, you know pub restaurant. They're gonna have a pizza buffet tomorrow at Crown and Common. They have so much beer and so much liquor and so many different seltzers. Like. It's unbelievable. That's where you want to be because not only is it going to start, the party is going to start at 5 o'clock. So you're going to get there. I recommend the pizza, maybe an appetizer, maybe a chicken cutlet sandwich. I'm not sure. I haven't decided on my menu. I'm going to see how the body's feeling tomorrow. Maybe I'll go with both. You know, I'm a glutton. But then the game starts at 7, so you're going to get the nice base, hopefully find a spot in there. And then the Wisco kids, I've you've seen my social media account, wherever you follow me, whether it's on LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, wherever, Twitter, Instagram, I've been telling everyone because I had the luxury of helping out Wisco YD, Mike, and Wisco Kyrie, helping them with some of their lyrics on this, updating that song, and also had my friend Trey, who I used to work with, and is a great friend of mine, him and I went to the Badger game this year, I don't know if anyone saw that, we were in Ohio State, we are on the field, he, Him and I helped with the music video, and that thing is crushing. They have gotten promo from across the city. Three out of the four uh, news stations in town have picked it up, did interviews and packages at their studio. It got picked up on Yahoo sports.com. It's been played on the airwaves by Otis Day, by Bill and Rookie, WDZ, the fan. It has gone crazy, not only within the city, because the city always looks for entertainment things, Janelle. I don't know if you remember when you lived in Green Bay, but... A lot of it is industrial. A lot of it is more of a, you know, a Midwest traditional feel, Northeast Wisconsin kind of blue collar. If you and take to actually a wrong have turn
3: you are afraid that you might never make your way home.
2: Yes, you might <laughs> I've end had up in that a corn Green Bay. <laughs> yes, especially out by UWGB. You take a wrong turn. You're out in Sugar Bush. You're out in Denmark. You don't know where you're at. But this is truly something that these gentlemen have done for years. They are on my age, around 32, 33 years old. They went to Green Bay Southwest. And they just honestly, it's it's cliche, but it's they they put on for their city. They have connections within the Packers. They have friends that you know have acquaintances that are with the Packers. And um, I know specifically that Emmanuel Wilson has heard the song. Jordan loves Barber. It's probably having him listen to the song. I know he sent them the YouTube video. Um, I know Emmanuel Wilson actually responded to their Twitter uh, DM and said, uh, they said, Hey, have a good game this weekend. Uh, here's our new song out. And he just responded with a simple, thanks. So, okay. Appreciate that. Uh, Emmanuel. So hopefully you can get some reps in for the Packers as well. But truly if you guys haven't listened to that, that go to Wisco kids on YouTube, type in, believe in love, um, love spelled one zero V E. haha That's very creative, but it is on all streaming platforms as of Friday, AM Apple, Spotify, wherever you get it. Um, type that in, put it on your playlist. I'm adding it to the official game day playlist, of course, that I've been pumping the last couple of weeks to get the vibes right for the games. But you know, that's where you want to be? Because at halftime, they're going to be performing the song. Now they've already, you know, obviously the music's been out. It got some traction on YouTube. It's on the airwaves now, but they're going to be performing it during halftime, which is a short window. Um, I'm not sure how many times they'll be performing it because it's about, what, 18 minutes. So they run it, want to run it, I don't know, four or five times. It'd be great um so similar to the vibe they had when they did run the table six or seven years ago that went absolutely viral on twitter with like a combined 1.2 million listens as of date hopefully that one can do the same thing and propel them into next week you know with possibly i'll have to encourage the gentleman to let's put another song why not why would we not put another one ride this momentum we'll see what happens but crown and common on main street in green bay 5 p.m seven o'clock the game starts halftime show from the wisco kids and then I'm there till bar close, win, lose or draw, because, you know, Uber is a thing and I'm going to get <laughs> home and it's going to be fun mixing a water to Janelle. I am super pumped. One final thing I will plug Pack of a podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. YouTube, we are close to 20,000 subs. Janelle, Andy was on earlier today with his stream with Camille, so close to 20,000. It says 19,900 So less than 100 would tell me where we're at. If you haven't subscribed, go to Packaday Podcast, subscribe. And while you're there, go listen to the Mike Wall Packers Chalk Talk that came out on Thursday or Friday morning, I should say. Mike Wall, what a great addition. Gives us a little bit more of insight to how it is in the trenches, truly from an offensive lineman. Go listen. If we get to 20,000 subs, if you're the 20,000 sub, tweet at me at Matt. Frey under Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F R A underscore. If you tweet at me and you're the 20,000th sub, I'm gonna give you a, a $50 gift card to the Packer Pro shop. Why not? I'd want to see if we can get 20,000 sub because Andy deserves it and we all deserve it here. Finally, Janelle, as I always like to do, terrible podcasting moment here. I am wearing my packaday podcast hoodie that I got for Christmas. Uh, if you haven't already checked out pack a podcast merch, go do so. We got coffee mugs, t-shirts. Sweaters, hoodies, crew necks—go check those out. Pretty comfy, and I love sporting mine. I'll shut up for now, Janelle. What do you have to plug in enemy territory? It sounds like we do have some of the NFC North fans on our side, but let everyone know what you got going on, and maybe what you got going for the game tomorrow. You're making the pilgrimage over to Crown and Common from Minnesota. We got—I got spare bedrooms. You could crash. It would be cool. But uh, let me know uh, what you got going, and I'm um, working everyone in contact with you.
3: Yeah, per usual, I'll be watching from my parents' basement, uh, watching some football with dad. We'll see, you know, mom brings some bad juju sometimes, so sometimes she gets the boot from the basement, but we'll see how things are going. Um, Yeah, just really, really looking forward to another weekend watching football with my dad, so that's always exciting. Um, Yeah, just, you know, don't know what I'll do tomorrow to pass the time, obviously, watch the earlier games, but I feel like the late games, it just gives me too much time to, like, get amped up and I am not a partier anymore Uh, so it's really just a lot of like okay you know seeing what's going on on socials and just kind of like trying to get things done and not being able to because I'm focused on this game and yeah there's going to be a lot of adrenaline going into tomorrow maybe I can turn into getting some chores done before we'll see but yeah I'm just I don't even know if I'll get good sleep tonight cause I'm just so now that it's like hitting me, like we are as we're recording this now under 24 hours away from this wow. game. Um, it's yeah, it it's exciting stuff and um, it, it kind of almost leaves me speechless at this point. I don't know what more I can say about how excited I am for this team and just to be able to watch them at least one more time, but hopefully more. So yeah, we'll be having some good vibes at the Mackey household and yeah I don't have much to plug right now. just kind of make sure you follow me on twitter at big Mac underscore four for anything Packers sports life whatever I've got going on it'll all be there um yeah just just come hang with me there and we'll have a good time and hopefully we'll- ce- we'll celebrate together, but always there to grieve as well so it'll be it'll be a good time tomorrow i'm hoping i've got I've got good feelings but I'm also way too optimistic for my own good, for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I made a misstep a couple of weeks ago, Janelle. I'm um, an absolute shell and paid for uh, verified Twitter. We'll see. It's kind of a test thing I want to do. Actually, in a, my professional job, my boss and I are actually testing it out just to see the engagement rate on some stuff. Um, so my DMs haven't been open for like two weeks. Um, so I always say DM me if you have questions about where you should go for the Packer game. Watch the game. Obviously, it doesn't really work for this weekend, but it, maybe it would if you need to go to Crown & Common, you need the address, other recommendations, or you are that twenty thousand sub, reach out to me, send me a screenshot, however you're able to do that and verify that. Uh, we'll go from there. I might have to verify with Andy on the back end of who's the 20th. But nonetheless, um, you guys take care. Be well. And as always,
1: go back. Go. Paco. Paco.